the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our text is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30. And uh, the title of the message is A Courageous Mind. The series is entitled Nurturing the Christian Mind. Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30. If you have your bulletins, it's written there. Paul writes, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him, since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. The name uh, Jim Marshall will forever be associated with one of the greatest blunders in American uh, football uh, history, okay? Uh, Jim Marshall was a defensive end who played for the Minnesota Vikings. He was famous for recovering a fumble and running it back to the wrong end zone, okay? Causing his team uh, uh, to lose the possibility of scoring and the possibility of winning the game. Can you imagine dealing with that? How do you face your coach after a blunder like that? How do you face your teammates? You know, how do you face the crowd after such uh, a, a blunder? And how do you deal with the fact that forever when they show highlights, highlight reels of the most uh, fascinating plays that has ever been done on the field, how would you like to be shown as the top? you know, the top uh, blooper, if you want, of a film uh, because of your blunder. How do you recover from something like that? How do you deal with that? More importantly, how do we as people push through life as believers, especially in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the midst of not only setbacks, but downright adversities? How do you deal with that? Well, you have to have, and I have to have, a tough mind. We need to have a courageous mind. And if you read the book or the letter of Paul to the Philippians, that's exactly what he was trying to convey to his readers then and to his readers now. The letter to the Philippians is all about developing and nurturing the Christian mind. How to respond in our mind, in the circumstances and struggles of life. How do we deal with what's going on, not only on the outside, but also on the inside? How do we think as followers of Jesus? The Apostle St. Paul was uniquely called and qualified to show us 
what the mindset of a follower of Jesus really looks like. He knew firsthand how to be tough-minded because he knew all too well how he had blown it in life. He was transformed by the power of the gospel. And his life was radically changed when he encountered Jesus on that fateful day on the road to Damascus. And on this particular section of this letter, he's going to teach us. The scriptures through the writings of Paul and the mind of Paul will teach us how we can know that we have a courageous mind. This is not something that we can do ourselves. This happens when we encounter the presence of Christ. This only happens to those who have known what it's like to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why every time and every opportunity we have, we ask you, have you come to faith in Christ? The only way we can have the life that God says we can have is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the scriptures reveal to us. And so if you want to say, okay, well, I want to know if I'm truly a follower of Jesus. One of the signs that we are followers of Jesus, among many, is that we are tough-minded when it comes to the word of Christ. Tough-mindedness is necessary to survive in this world. We've got to be mentally tough. We have to have courage in our mind to be able to press on and to leave what's behind and move forward towards the goal of finishing this race that God has planned out for us, we have to have a courageous mind. And so we're going to look at this very quickly this morning. We're going to discover how we can know that we have this kind of mindset as Christians. So as followers of Jesus, how do we know? Philippians 1, 27 to 30, the passage that we just read, gives us four distinguishing marks of a courageous mindset four distinguishing marks. Number one, a courageous mind, this is where it begins, behaves as a Christian fully, not only privately, but publicly. So you're saying to myself, you're saying to yourself, I say to myself, I am a Christian. How do I know that I have a courageous mind? It begins with behavior. How we think affects how we behave. So a Christian behaves as a Christian fully, not only privately, but publicly as well. Look at the verse again. Paul writes, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. When Paul, again, became a follower of Jesus, his transformation was so staggeringly unique that he, at that very moment, uh, showed a lot of courage. You know, he was all in. The moment he came to know the Lord, he was all in about what he believed. You know, remember Paul was a, a persecutor of Christians. He did that for a living. He went and targeted Christians, those who followed Jesus, and either imprisoned them or just terrorized them because he hated those guys, right? Until he came to Christ on that fateful day. And the moment he did, he was radically transformed. Something powerful has happened in his life. And it changed him from the inside out. And part of what he experienced what was this, with this commitment, this strong resolve 
to tough it out. He knew how bad he was. And to be able to proclaim his faith to the world, he had to be able to tough it out in his head. Can you imagine all the guilt trip that he felt? I'm going to go ahead and try to reach these people for Jesus. And they all, they, they all knew that I was against this in the beginning. That's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. But he wasn't going to let the past experiences that he had, he wasn't going to let the present, and he wasn't going to let the future stop him from showing the world that he was a follower of Jesus. You and I have to have that same tough-mindedness to be able to behave fully as Christians privately and publicly. You know, the current political and cultural climate we have and the current trends we have in our world today, in our society today, are forcing many of us to compromise our stands, okay? I mean, that's just a reality. Uh, uh, there's, there's a crisis in a lot of Christians' lives right now. And forgive me for, for pointing this out. Um, we tend to compromise our, our faith, our values as Christians, because we're being drastically, drastically affected by the trends and the cultural climate that we're facing. We tend to compromise our biblical worldview, okay? Uh, when you say today that you're a Christian, there's a lot of stereotypes that goes on. There's a lot of accusation that's going to be labeled against you and I because we're standing for what we know in our heart is the truth. And, 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 and with that comes, you know, a, a sense of... of um, a fear in a lot of people. You know, if they find out I'm a Christian, they automatically think I'm this or I'm that. They automatically think I'm, you know, politically I'm on this camp and, you know, or I support these types of causes. I mean, we, we're, we're getting pushed to a place that if we behave as Christians, we're going to be looked at in a very, very uh, negative way. I mean, that's happening in our world today. And so, so many, for so many Christians, they, they tend, to, they tend to, to, to fall back a little bit, to push back a little bit and say, okay, well, let me, let me see how I can navigate through life without compromising my faith, without compromising, uh, uh, you know, my conduct in front of the world. I'm clearly taught by Scripture to conduct myself worthy of the faith that I profess, worthy of the gospel. So, uh, you know, sometimes because we fear that you know, we'll be persecuted. Sometimes we, we simply fear that we're going to lose a lot. Sometimes we compromise and sometimes we adjust our behavior. We become more tolerant of the things that otherwise we know we wouldn't tolerate if we truly profess to the Christian faith that we have. Uh, sometimes we need to accept the fact that not every Christian believes in the revelation of God's word. And that's really the problem that we're facing. When we call ourselves Christians, there has to be a primary arbiter that we use to be able to know how to behave. And for us, it's God's word. It's the scriptures. Jesus is the living word of God, and the Bible is the written word of God. We have an arbiter, and that is the scriptures. And that's how we shape our behavior. That's how we shape our beliefs. That's why we behave the way we do publicly. It's because Scripture teaches us that. 
And sometimes because of fear of persecution, sometimes uh, because we're afraid that we're going to lose something, sometimes we scale back and sometimes we compromise. But loved ones, I want to tell you that God called us to behave in front of the world because not only is our reputation as people, as God's people is at stake, more importantly, God's reputation is at stake. And that's why we see a lot of tolerance nowadays, a lot of Christians doing things that uh, normally they wouldn't do because either they're afraid that if they do something that they in know is biblical, that they're going to be prosecuted, or they're going to lose their friends, they're going to lose their job, they're going to lose a lot of things in life. So we compromise our behavior. Remember this. When we are filled with the Spirit of God. Not only does God give us courage uh, in the heart, He gives us courage in the mind. And we develop that courage by knowing what God has already said. And look at what Paul said in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Let me read this to you. It says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's writing to Christians, so don't think that this is written for somebody else. It's written for you and I. No wrongdoers will inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's not an exhaustive list, but it covers a whole lot of behaviors that Bible, the Bible says we ought to be aware of this and do not be deceived, okay? And, and look at verse 11 in that text. I know if you have a, 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 a bulletin, it says right there, and that is what some of you were, past tense. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Underline the word, you were that way before. That's what some of you were. We have been commanded by scriptures to behave publicly as those who have been washed, sanctified, and transformed and empowered by the blood of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is a commandment for each and every one of us. And to do that, we have to be tough-minded. We have to know what the scripture says about how we ought to behave. The blood of Jesus does not discriminate. Did you hear that this morning? It doesn't discriminate. When you read that text, it covers everybody. All right? It doesn't, it does, the, the gospel doesn't discriminate against uh, people of color or certain colors. It doesn't care about races. It doesn't care about gender. It doesn't care about sexual orientation. It doesn't matter whether you're black, you're white, you're yellow, orange, magenta. It doesn't matter. If you are a Christian, if you have been washed by the blood of Jesus, if you have been empowered and filled by the Spirit, you and I ought to behave that way. There's no room to say, well, I'm a Christian, but I allow this in my life because you know, a lot of people do it. There doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it. Not at all. 
we have been given a new nature. And we are to behave like one that has been blood-bought and empowered by the Spirit. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of controversy with these types of things, especially when you talk about the, the issue of homosexuality and Christianity. I mean, I mean, we're not naive. We, we know that what's going on. I can't understand why on the one side, I can't understand why heterosexual Christians think they're less offensive to God than homosexuals who call themselves Christians. On the other hand, there are those in the homosexual community who keeps insisting that because Christians reject that lifestyle, that somehow they're hateful, that somehow they're bigots, that somehow they're, they're just mean people. Nothing can be farther from the truth. Read the scriptures. It covers everybody. You're not going to heaven because you're straight. You're not going to heaven because you're gay. You're going to heaven because Jesus Christ is your Lord. And that you have been washed by His blood. And that you have been filled with His Spirit. And if you are, you will behave that way. You know why? Because when you enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is the king, not you. Not you, not me. You can't go around and saying, hey, my lifestyle may be this way. But it's okay with God. No, it isn't. We bow down to the king. How many of you know you need to bow down to a king? The king is not going to bow down to you or he wouldn't be king. So I don't care whether we're white, black, orange, straight, bent. If you are a Christian, your behavior is not your own. Your life is not your own. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. Now, some of you were saying, well, you know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, Pastor, it's, it's, it, let me, I, have, I have some really issue, real issues with that. I, I'm a, I've, been, I've been taught that, you know, that you only get to heaven if you're a certain way. No. Everybody has the opportunity to receive the gospel. But once you receive the gospel, here, here's, here's where a lot of people get tripped up. You lose your control over your life. You become a doulos, a slave of Christ. And a slave no longer has rights of their own. They belong to their master. If Jesus is your master, how are you going to behave in front of your master? Are you going to say, Jesus, you, may, you, you, you said that, uh, 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 that marriage is between a man and a woman for life. Now I want to hit some hot potatoes. It's Mother's Day. But th that's not tenable in our society today. You know. Why can't I have more wives? Sister wives. Why can't I do what I want to do? Because you're not your own. You have been bought with a price. That's the gospel. And before you and I look at other people and say, you know what, I may be this type of person, but I have never done anything as bad as that person has done. Believe me, you're in trouble. Because the same blood that was shed on the cross for the most despicable person is the same blood that was shed for you. You will discover a great deal about God's grace and mercy and kindness if we just look deep within and realize that our 
own vulnerability to sins are there to personally tell you, I, I don't have time to scrutinize your own struggles. I have enough of my own that I need to trust in God's loving kindness. We need to be tough-minded about that. We need to say no to behaviors, to activities, to thought patterns that goes against our better judgment on what God has already revealed. If you're a follower of Jesus, you ought to behave publicly. I have to behave publicly the way I behave privately. There shouldn't be any discrepancies between the two. First Peter 2.12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So it begins right there. You know that you have the mind of Christ. You know that you have a tough mind. You know that you have a courageous mind when you and I are able to behave publicly our faith fully. Secondly, a courageous mind boldly contends for the faith with God's people. Okay, that's the second mark. The second mark is this. You are a courageous Christian, a, a Christian with a with a courageous mind if you boldly contend for the faith with God's people. L look at the verse again. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. When, it come, when the Bible says when it comes to our testimony, two is better than one. We can all agree with that. How many of you know there's strength in numbers? Iron sharpens iron, the whole thing. Tough-minded people, courageous people surround themselves with like-minded people. We have the same Holy Spirit that fills us and leads us and empowers us so that we can be strong, not just as individuals, but as a collective group of Christians, as a corporate body of Christ. We cannot possibly stand on the gospel without being united in what it means okay uh, we cannot unite as a church we cannot unite with other christians if we have different interpretations of the gospel the gospel has one singular source of power and that's the holy spirit we can uphold each other's testimony because we have the same birth the same common spiritual birth we may have differing circumstances on how we came to know jesus our circumstances and the way we encountered him in life may be different, but it's the same kind of gospel. It's the same kind of spirit. So we need to have a unified testimony we, because we have the same new birth. We share the same baptism. We share, we share the same filling of that Holy Spirit. You know, when I was growing up as a, as a Christian, I hear a lot of other Christians saying, oh, we need to have more accountability in our church. More accountability. That's really code for saying, I watch your life, you watch my life. And that's wonderful. That's great. But the problem with our, I, our uh, definition of accountability is that it's limited to taking care of each other's spiritual condition. But there's far deeper ramifications for being accountable. Not only are we being accountable to each other's spiritual condition, we are also upholding the gospel. This is a unified testimony. You cannot have a different testimony about how the gospel affected your life than another 
person. It's a unifying truth that brings us together. We are upholding and defending and advancing the truth of Christ's word. That's a much deeper, deeper consequence that we need to look at when we say we're going to stand together. Okay? So when someone is saying something that is not consistent with what Jesus has commanded, there's a lot more at stake than that, that person's spiritual life. What at stake is the testimony of the gospel. No, Jesus is the head. Jesus is in heaven seated on the throne. Who do you think represents Jesus here on earth? The church. Christians. And if our testimony is disjointed, we're never going to have that power that can transform other people's lives. Jesus is the only answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.